0: that beautiful oh wait they're gonna sue me play it hey all you crazy sci-fi fans time for your daily dose of insanity over here at the sci-fi shenanigans podcast with your hosts Jared handley and me chris winder just two nerdy veterans geeking out over a science fiction passions. a place where the sky's the limit spaces replace and nerds run the world without further ado all right welcome back to another episode of sci-fi shenanigans podcast today we're doing something a little bit different this is going to be a quick fast episode we're gonna get in and get out as they say so we are um, doing a series of quick interviews with um, guests that were in the backblast area clear anthology about their stories and uh, that will be the entire focus so we will be able to get these to you quickly because i find this interesting and i can tell you since i read them all that these stories were amazing Uh, and i'm not biased at all because this was an invitation only for the first one to get it started and obviously rick's here because we entered uh, we invited him. So let me introduce Rick Partlow. Rick is a sci-fi author from Florida. He's a native and was born in Tampa in the 1966. He's the son of a Baptist preacher. His dad was in his early 40s when he was born and had been the nose gunner and a B-24 bomber in World War II who'd been shot down over the Plo- Ploesti oil fields. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. All right, we'll go with it. Uh, Who bailed out of his bomber and spent nearly a year in a Nazi POW camp. Needless to say, um, Rick's father told some interesting stories that affected him as a child. Um, He was also affected by tales of Robert Heinlein whose juvenile novels shaped the adolescence um, and helped him fall in love with science fiction at an early age. He attended Florida Southern College on an Army ROTC scholarship and graduated with a BA in history that's Bachelor's of Arts for you uh, uninitiated and was commissioned as an officer in the United States Army. He served as an infantry platoon leader with the 25th Infantry Division in Hawaii before getting out and bouncing around from one job to another for a while before settling on teaching. Through the whole time he was writing, he wrote his first novel, a wretched espionage thriller action story in 10th grade, his second, a wish fulfillment adventure story as a senior in high school. I've even tried to bribe his wife, by the way. Those stories don't exist, sadly. Um, he claims that they were both horrible and written in longhand on a notebook. Again, there's no proof, so we don't know we'll have to take his word for it uh, because, like I said, they, he said they were destroyed. Mwahaha. I bet they're in a safe somewhere, aren't they? Your wife lied to me.
1: They're absolutely destroyed by fire. (laughs) So
0: uh, during his time in college, he started writing his first science fiction novel, um, which began a story called – he titled Rituals, which later, after many years and many edits, became Duty Honor Planet, his debut novel. So um, the next part – did I well, first off, did I get that right since I stole it almost entirely from our last interview?
1: Yes, you did.
0: Everything's Oh, correct. outstanding. Outstanding. So if you're interested in that interview where he talks more about, you know, his larger works and, and whatnot i'll link his interview in the show notes um so the next part of the interview is i mentioned where i first found rick so i found him in a discussion on futuristic tanks in the zuckerberg machine we got to a heated discussion the mods sent us to our separate corners and we've been bust buds ever since he was wrong of course tanks are going to become obsolete because infantry and futuristic shoulder-fired weapons are gonna gonna make the return on investment just too dang high Overall, he's a friendly guy, so if you want to nerd out on all things, he's your Huckleberry. All right. So do you want to change your stance and and, uh, disavow the existence of futuristic tanks?
1: No, I still think I was right and you're wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in the um, anthology Backblast Area Clear, a military science fiction anthology, what was your individual story titled?
1: It was called The Great Wide Open.
0: All right. It was a good story, too. I read it, by the way. Uh, dear listener, he uh, he let me beta read it while he was writing it. So we want this to be a quick episode, like I said. I'm even doing my micro machine voice where I speak really, really fast. But um, So what's a basic synopsis of your story?
1: It's about an agoraphobic powered armor trooper who is stranded behind enemy lines on the open plains of an occupied frontier colony and has to overcome his fear in order to accomplish the mission— help the colonists defeat the invaders.
0: Very succinct. So uh, what was the inspiration for this story?
1: I've always liked powered armor, ever since Starship Troopers. I mean, who doesn't like powered armor? And while well, I had seen some writers toy with the idea of armored troopers who were afraid to get out of their armor, i never read a story where one was the main character. But, like, what's the most interesting thing you could come up with about a, a powered armor trooper is he was afraid to get out of it. He was afraid to open spaces. So that was my inspiration, just trying to, to come up with a more interesting take on a powered armor soldier.
0: All right. A more interesting take. So does this story fit into a larger universe or is it a standalone?
1: It takes place within uh, my birthright universe. There's a war with an alien race called the Tani. that's part of the history of the birthright universe, which includes Glory Boy, the Birthright Trilogy, the Recon Series, Last Flight of the Acheron, Tales of the Acheron, and Psy War. So it, it fits right in with the history of all those books.
0: Okay. And um, obviously, that uh, will be linked on his contact information, his uh, Amazon page, where you can find all of his books. So, um, in your larger universe. So, uh, in case anyone hasn't read your lar- your larger universe, could you give us the Reader's Digest version
1: about it? Sure. After a huge interstellar war with the Tawnee leaves a monopolistic corporate council running the economy and, to a great extent, the government of the Human Commonwealth, a bunch of current and former military officers try to work to break the hold the council has on the government and to keep them from getting their hands on ancient, incredibly advanced alien technology from a lost race called the predecessors.
0: So do we ever explore the predecessors?
1: Oh, yeah. We get into the predecessors quite a bit in the later books. Um, and um, we actually get to visit one of their worlds in the War trilogy.
0: So when we stare into the great abyss of the predecessors, do they stare back?
1: Yeah, and it almost destroys us.
0: <laughs> All right. So, given that this story is military science fiction, is the rest of the universe as well?
1: Some of them are. They're either military science fiction, space opera, or a mixture of the two. Okay.
0: So, this story I've, I just said was clearly a military science fiction story. So, what is it about the subgenre of Mill SF that appeals to you?
1: Um, how ordinary people react under extraordinary circumstances. It's really the fodder for most good stories, science fiction or not, and war is the most extraordinary of circumstances that I can think of you know that you it brings out who you are and who you might be, and it just seems like the the best way to get inside somebody's head and pull out the deepest, darkest parts of them.
0: Fair enough. So, uh, speaking of military science fiction, uh, as I mentioned in your introduction, you served in the military. Uh, So, how do you feel like your time in the army affected this specific story? Not necessarily your writing writ large, but the story of the Great Wide Open.
1: I didn't do much time in powered armor in my term in infantry, but uh, you know, when it comes down to it, there's certain universal truths about the military. Uh, Most enlisted men are sure their platoon leader's an idiot. And they're, <laughs> they're either respectfully scared of their senior NCOs or they hate them. So, you know, that, that affected the story, just knowing how uh, in general infantry infantrymen men feel, well, there are women in the story, but in this case, infantrymen feel about their officers or NCOs about the military, about civilians. You know, they, they, they don't, they think civilians don't understand them. They don't fit in there. I also knew a lot of enlisted men who were in my unit that uh, didn't feel like they fit into the civilian world. You know, and they, they found a home in the military and didn't think they could you know, reintegrate with civilian life. So that's the fear of the main character of the Great Ride Open has as well.
0: Okay, and uh, the last question, which just uh, intrigued me with your answer a second ago, so I'm going to be throwing this at you that you didn't have time to prepare for. So, given that you read a lot of military science fiction and you write in it, uh, if you could serve in the military of any science fiction franchise, which one would you want to be and why?
1: Oh, gosh. Usually I think about what the best ones are, but uh, if I'm going to serve in it, I want them to survive. Um probably Starfleet because most of them seem to survive.
0: So you wouldn't want to be infantry.
1: Do they even have infantry in Star Trek? I think they
0: just have rainbows and unicorns, right?
1: I think so. Rainbows (laughs) and unicorns sounds better than getting shot at. (laughs) Being shot at
0: does, does have its moments where you wonder, uh, you question your life decisions.
1: (laughs) Yes. I mean, if you're talking about the best and most professional, um, if I could serve under, uh, Ringo's, uh, powered armor troops in his, uh, legacy of the Aldentata series under, under mighty Mike, Mike, uh, what's his name? He seems like the very, the most competent officer in, in, the, most of the science military science fiction I've read.
0: All right. That's a good answer. So as we bring this, uh, interview to a close, and I did promise you, dear listener, this would be a quick one. Um, as we bring this to a close, Rick, can you tell listeners how they can find you?
1: You can find me at my website which is www.rickpartlow.com or my facebook page which is facebook.com backslash duty honor planet or you can go to my Amazon author page which it's under Rick partlow there's only one of me that i that I know of <laughs> um, there's no other author that name except for uh, somebody who has written screenplays which I do not write so
0: all right so you sure there's not more than you
1: I wish there were more than one of them. I could use the help.
0: (laughs) All right. And you can find us, dear listener, at our website, www.sfshenanigans.com. Our Twitter is at sfs underscore show. Our email is podcast at sfshenanigans.com. And our Facebook group is facebook.com backslash groups backslash sfshenanigans. thank you for spending some of your precious time with us for chris winder i'm jr hanley and this was the sci-fi shenanigans podcast we'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of space and all things that go boom all right thank you for sticking with us through that uh, archived episode that was in the uh in the digital memory hole that we found we thought you'd enjoy it so thank you for spending some of your precious time with us for nick garber and doc seska i am jr hanley and this was the archive for the blasters and blades podcast we'll be back at our regular scheduled time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture cheesy jokes and all things that go boom